Hello and welcome to the next episode of Next Gen. I am so excited to have you all here. I am your host, Andrew Pratt, and today we are going to be having a bit of a dig into what it means to firstly be a leader in your local church, and then we're going to have a dig through culture um, and also have a talk a little bit about how to coexist with individuals that differ on theological viewpoints to you. Uh, in churches you are, particularly in country churches, you're naturally going to come across people that think the opposite of you. And so we're going to have a little chat about that. And um, there's a lot that we could talk about around that, but we're going to just touch on that because it's something that I've noticed is becoming a massive issue in a lot of churches. Uh, but first, what does it mean to be a leader in your local church? I don't know if anyone that's listening to this podcast holds any former church office. Uh, you might define being a leader in your local church as someone that has church office, but I would like to suggest that it's more than that, that you can be a leader no matter where you are in your local church. And I'd love to have a small conversation right now to discuss what it means to be a leader and what it means to really set the standard, I guess. I have noticed, and sometimes I'm guilty of this as well, but I've really noticed lately that a lot of people in in churches have quite low standards when it comes to culture and when it comes to being a leader. We expect that the same few people will always have control over things and they do that and and we don't need to step up. But I would argue that at the moment, in not just the Adventist church, but in a lot of Christian churches, we're facing a bit of a crisis point where a lot of people aren't stepping up into leadership. And so we're going to look at why. And I can, there's a few big reasons. The first reason, because we have failed to grow young, there's a now becoming quite well known and quite famous uh, movement called Growing Young, but it's based on a book written by the Fuller Youth Institute, in particular, Cara Powell. Um, and in that, they discuss what it means to keep kids in the church and how you do that and how you keep young people in the church. And there is a strategy that they call keychain leadership. And keychain leadership, what it means is essentially actually giving people the keys. So giving people the opportunity to lead, particularly young people, and not trying to control that. I don't know if you've ever been a leader yourself and you've had an adult come over the top and and try and control what you're doing. Personally, my uh, one of my friends and myself, we had a situation where we were running um, our church's youth group, and I thought we were doing a pretty good job. We were about 14 or 15, maybe 16 at the time, and uh, this person and I, we'd gotten together and we'd, we'd planned everything and we were running things and we ran a hog of awesome socials and the youth group was starting to grow and it was becoming a really good community. Um, but then our um, some of our church leaders decided they were going to put someone else as the leader of this church ministry, and they took that office. And that actually hurt. That hurt significantly. And it actually took a little while to get over. And in fact, even now, we still kind of joke about it sometimes because it was a moment that we saw that idea of keychain leadership failing. We were leading something, and it was going well, uh, but it was taken office. And... That that happens all the time in local churches. Um, I've even seen it in 
some churches I've been in recently, um, not necessarily my own local churches, but some other churches around where people have had their ministry taken off them, and particularly young people, and they've actually ended up leaving the church. So being a leader in your local church, how do you do that? How do you move into that? Well, I'm, I'm going to suggest that one, it needs to come from the church. And then secondly, it can come from you as an individual. You have an opportunity to step up in your area, even if you don't have a church ministry, and set the standard of excellence for how church is done, for how you are at church, and also in how you treat others. The Christian church has lost moral authority. In fact, they've lost all morality in the viewpoint of our community because of the fact that we no longer actually care for people in a really effective way. I'm not denying that we we do do some awesome things, and I'm not going to deny those, but we've actually failed to address our community needs on a wider scope and also on a on a microscope inside of our of our own communities. We've we've missed um, allowing people to have the opportunity to feel loved and to feel accepted and to feel like they have something that they can run and be a part of. Being a, a leader really should look like stepping up and setting the standard. We often allow low standards to be the norm. So the challenge, I guess, of leadership is to allow high standards to become common practice and to become what should be expected. But even with high standards being the norm, we also need to be aware of the fact that as a part of leadership, failure is also okay too. And many, many people that have gone before me have actually been what I will call perfectionists. Now, being a perfectionist means that basically you aim to make everything as good as it possibly can be, but it can drive people crazy and it just is not a healthy way of of doing leadership. But you've got to be aware of those things when you do really start to think about how you're going to be a leader in your local church. You know what I found? I also think that it's important to be ready to accept ideas from people who are already in church office or are leaders in in local churches. You can ask them for help, ask them, hey, I want to get involved in this. Actually step up and say, I want to take part in this. I want to be a part of this discussion. And these discussions are not always nice. That's the thing. And that's what makes it so hard. But when these discussions happen, it helps build a culture that's healthy and it helps build you into a better leader because ultimately I think having a community of people together is a really beautiful thing, but we really want it to be an experience where everyone is growing and learning and becoming a better version of themselves. So I think I've kind of gone in a bit of a circle here today, but I, I'm i going to tell a bit of a personal story and then we'll move on to the next section. I never really wanted to be a leader in my church. My dad's a pastor. Um, and when I grew up, I saw how horrible people were to him. I I didn't want a thing to do with our church. I thought our church wasn't a healthy place. And I thought that why would I want to touch an organization where the people are so horrible and so mean to their pastor that they make him want to leave ministry and they hurt his family in 
horrible ways. And I had been in a church community where I felt quite isolated. Um, the people there were very clicky and because I went to a state school, I just didn't fit in. So I took myself off to another church uh, where all of a sudden I found a really beautiful experience. Now, there was a man there who persisted time and time again asking me to join the uh, audiovisuals team. And eventually I did. And he showed me what ministry looks like. And he got me involved in audiovisual ministry and he showed me what it means to uh, lead and what it means to be in the background and build any other people up to make sure other people can do ministry in the best possible way. And he really led me to start thinking about ministry again. I didn't want to do ministry. I was going to go and become a doctor or a biomedical engineer or something in that field. I even got into a biomedical engineering degree. I was running away from ministry as hard as I could and running away from leadership as hard as I could, even though those jobs do need some leadership. I was, I didn't want to be involved in church leadership. Anyway, um, about that same time, I also got involved in that youth ministry that I spoke about at the beginning of the podcast. And I was in year 12 and I went to my dad and I said, dad, do you think mum would kill me if I decided to go off and become a pastor? And my dad said, well, no, you can do that. And so I did. Um, and that calling has been confirmed by people many times and I am currently pastoring two churches and I'm loving it. It's exhausting, but it's awesome and it's lots of fun. And I've got a really cool supervisor and everything's looking up at the moment. And I know there's challenges to come, but I've also learned that churches are places where you can be a leader, you can fail, you can make mistakes, you can be messy sometimes, but ultimately you have the opportunity to take something and make it great. And a lot of people are afraid of making it great because of criticism. But trust me, church is a place where making things great is awesome. Um, but we're going to transition now to something some, that sometimes we're going to transition now into something that is sometimes not so awesome. Culture in some churches can be quite negative, and it can stop leaders from rising up, it can attack each other, it can cause the downfall of a church and for churches to wilt away. So I am currently learning and reading and discovering and I've had mentors that have given me really good advice on this. I'm trying to work out how to grow a new culture rather than try and change an old one because changing an old culture is really hard. It takes a very long time and so does growing a new culture, but it's also really hard to make a, an old culture everything you want it to be um, because of all the wounds that are there from the previous previous experiences that people have had. So um, someone supposed to me, maybe don't think about it like gr- changing an old culture. Think of it like cha- um, gr- growing a brand new culture that's going to take over. So... I am currently really actively trying to get alongside some people and really encourage them to take ownership and to do things with excellence when it comes to church life. 
I really can see some changes happening in my local churches already. But growing a new culture is something that is hard and it's something that I am enjoying the challenge of. And so I want to put this question out to you guys, the listeners. Um, How do you think, one, how do you think we should grow a new culture? And number two is a bigger question. How do you think we should grow a culture throughout the entire church? Um, There's currently a lot of people out there online and in other locations that are very negative about the Adventist church for some very, very good reasons. No one should suggest that they're not negative for bad reasons, um, but they're negative for some reasons that are their own. They've been hurt, they've had pain, they've been um, broken, they've been kicked out of churches in really painful ways, whether valid or not. Um, so how do we grow a new culture church-wide in light of that? And what are the roadblocks to that? And that leads on to the next point, is how should we coexist with um, individuals with differing theological views? I don't know if you've ever come across someone that believes something that's almost the opposite of what you believe. How do you feel when you come across someone like that? It's It's a really tough situation. And it is very personal and it hurts. And it's it's something that I don't think that we have worked out how to do very well. So I think I might lead into this question as well in the next episode is, is dealing with someone that believes something theologically opposite to you. But in my experience, it takes a, a big um, step from yourself uh, being willing to lean into the awkwardness of a relationship with someone that you disagree with. As a pastor, I'm a, I'm a natural lover of people. Um, and whether, whether I agree with them or not, um, I, I, I just like people. And leaning into the awkwardness of a relationship with someone that you disagree with is something that's really uncomfortable and it's really hard to do. But one way that I might suggest to you that might help you coexist with people that you disagree with, either whether it be theologically or on a moral level, is try and see the person before you see their ideas. That's a, that's a big, tough molehill or mountain to really get over. But when you disagree with someone, look at their world. Um, uh, when I studied uh, my clinical pastoral education um, course, I spent 12 months with six other people and we were just leaning into awkward situations that people were experiencing and leaning into the world that people have and understanding where they are and where they're coming from. And sometimes it's great just to get angry and just be like, nope, I'm not going to deal with you. I am just going to be angry at you. But that's not what we're called to do in the Bible. Um, If you look at Jesus, he multiple times lent into awkward situations. If you look at John chapter 3, um, from verses 1 through to about verses 15, you've got the story of Nicodemus. Uh, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Now, if you're familiar with the, the Bible, you'll know that Jesus often preached to the Pharisees to try and ch- change them from their ways, but the Pharisees were the keepers of the law. They were like the people that said, you haven't done well enough or or you failed there, so you're not going to make it. You're going to go get clean now. They They made the law. They held it. They 
They were the ones that knew it inside and out. So Nicodemus came to Jesus and challenged him. And it was like, yo, Jesus, um, how will I be born again? And Nicodemus knew the answer. He was just trying to trip Jesus up. The way that Jesus dealt with him was leaning into the awkwardness of relationship and leaning into who Nicodemus was. Um, We don't have the beauty of divine insight that Jesus had, but we do have the ability to lean into the awkwardness and learn about people and understand where they're coming from. And ultimately, Nicodemus became someone that was a friend of Jesus and was even there at the burial of Jesus. I mean, that's a that's a pretty cool journey that Nicodemus took. Um, probably a very public fall from where he was as a as a Pharisee, as a member of the council. But he did that, and I believe that that whole situation happened. And we don't have enough information to be able to go on, but I believe that whole situation happened because Jesus lent into the awkwardness of relationship. So if we're going to change culture, if we're going to be good leaders, if we're going to um, really lead our church into a, a new space, we've actually got to be willing to lean into the awkwardness of relationship because it's only through relationship that Jesus was able to make the impact that he did. Um, if Jesus had have walked around and not said hello to anyone, I don't think we'd have all the stories that we've got. But because Jesus was willing to relate, he had not just the 12 disciples, but hundreds following him, I think leaning into the relationships and leaning into the awkwardness is the example that Jesus set for us to do. And so the challenge now is go do that. If you find yourself angry or upset about someone in your church, I challenge you to go over there and just go, hey, what's going on? Try and connect with them. Um, whether that be your pastor or an elder or a fellow member or any situation, be willing to go and have that discussion and leaning lean into the awkwardness of relationship because ultimately church is pointless unless we are willing to become a community of individuals that are stronger together, that are enjoying relationship, that are growing in our relationships with each other, but ultimately also with Jesus. And if we're going to be a next generation of people to change our church, we've really got to do that. Um, whether it be through using pop culture or whether it be through using our own ability to relate to one another, we've still got to do it. So that's my challenge. Um, today, we didn't, I haven't hit the pop culture bit yet. So I think my next episode, we're going to talk a bit about pop culture, maybe a bit about Game of Thrones. I haven't seen this season or the one before, so I'm very far behind, but we'll, maybe I'll get spoiled. Um, but it's not, I can't talk about Avengers Endgame yet, and I've still got a bit of time to go there before I can start talking about that openly. But um, just know the pop culture is coming, but I'm excited for where we're going and where our conversation might go, and I'm looking forward to having some guests on this podcast as well. Um, So thank you for listening, and once again, I'm Andrew Pratt. Leave a review or send me a Facebook message if you follow me on Facebook. Let me know what you thought, and... I am hoping to continue to get better. So we're on a journey together. Um, so I will catch all of you guys in the next one.